We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. We are recording remote from the crib today, but shout out to everyone at Blue Wire Studios. Anyway, it is a busy day over there. They're doing upgrades, all this stuff. So we're at the crib, still bringing you one hell of a wrestling episode. I sat down here. Honestly, I forgot all about NXT, having a pay-per-view that we had to go over. So it is a packed packed show for all the wrestling fans nxt no mercy to talk about talking about them gearing up for next tuesday which is going to be a wild show because guess what aw's running tuesday instead of wednesday off of the heels of wrestle dream we'll talk about that as well recap that and then end the show talking wwe fast lane which happens this weekend premium live event so drake tons and tons and tons of wrestling let alone all the speculation still out there, people moving companies, will or will not Monet show up. There's a bunch of just stuff going on in the wrestling world that it's so hard to wrap your head around and keep up with. It's easier for us to just dive into these pay-per-views and deal with the now more than the speculation this week. So that being said, how we start all of these off, AEW Wrestle Dream, what is your grade? Danae, that was a great show from top to bottom. That okay. that was a. I feel like we gave their last show in it. Yeah, um, the last two shows were really good. Like Cole versus MJF was exceptional. Like this was top to bottom. I don't think there was a there wasn't a bad match on this card. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Brian Danielson was was great. Swerve and Hangman was great. Like this was a very very good. This was a this was I mean this is what they do. In between the ropes, this is what they do. And then we yeah. had the big debut at the end. So it was like, this was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, it's just, what do you do on the weekly? Like, I I don't doubt the pay-per-views. Because half of the pay-per-views, honestly, are just like, dream match. Whatever fuck Tony wants to see. Go out there and wrestle. Like, it's just, yeah, cool. It, it just becomes like, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I'm like, yo, that was a really dope match. I, I hope these two go into a program. Right. Like I, I would like to see this two or three more times, make it mean a little more, raise the stakes. Um, a lot of the matches are just 
you know, between this pay-per-view and that pay-per-view, one-off feuds. And now that yeah. the pay-per-views are happening faster, which were fine when pay-per-views were quarterly, right? Now they're happening faster, and it's just like, fuck, I, I kind of wish these two had more. I wish I had a little more skin in the game with these two. And we'll talk about that for a couple of these matches. But I would say, yeah, not a bad match here. Some matches fell a little flatter than I thought, but not bad. Like, everything doesn't have to be a five-star or a six-star. And I think, like, now that I got to temper my own expectations for a lot of these. Um, pre-show stuff, there was some fun stuff on the pre-show. Don't have to go through a ton of that. I'm, I like that they signed Billy Starks. I really like that uh, Athena is in this new character, and they're really, really picking up on that eight-person tag match. I just hope they do more with Keith Lee moving oh, yeah, forward. I mean- we all want them to do more with Keith Lee. We'll we'll see how that pans out. They are, they have, they're spoiled with talent. This is this this roster is so incredibly loaded from the male male side, not the women's side. No, from the men's side. But from the but beginning, they, they've done that, and they haven't closed the door. No, they haven't, and it's it's good for now it has been good for now because when you have these big matches you have these big moments you can just you can plug and play you can get anybody out there and you're gonna get a banger ass match they it's just it's it's gotten to the point where as fans the complaint becomes like where where is keith lee right like wardlow just came back at dynamite and it's like well is he gonna get lost in the shuffle what's gonna happen to him powerhouse Hobbs just came back on dynamite you just gotta find room for everybody but Keith Lee is one of those guys that I think we are kind of disappointed in the handling of Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro. Those are three guys that should be doing a lot more on this roster. Andrade disappeared. Andrade disappears. But the reason why I brought up those three is because, you know, from the school of Big E of Big Meaty Men bumping meat, you need more of them on this roster. Like you have plenty of small guys who can work, that can work 30-minute matches, yeah, plenty of small, smaller guys that can give you five star classics, grappling clinics. You just need two big ass men beating the shit out of each other more often than not. You don't need, again, the shout out Big E. I don't need no 20 minute five star match. I just need some, some two dudes just beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah. And Keith Lee, even though he can give you a five star match, he falls in that category where you just want to see monsters go at it. So yep. I'd like to see more of Keith because of that. I mean, they got Shane Taylor. I'd like to see more of Shane. Seems like it was like a throwaway feud, even though those two have such a big history in the Ring of Honor and their careers went in different directions. But, I mean, we'll see. That's all we can keep saying is we'll see what they do with Keith Lee. It's tough, but at least, at least we got a glimpse of him, right? Like, he's he's there. He's around. Claudio versus Josh Barnett, which was, like, announced last second. This was on, like, the Zero Hour thing. Eight minutes, yeah, but cool. Nice little surprise for the crowd. Yeah, Josh Barnett loves Japan. I mean, shit, it's it's a tribute to Inoki. Why not? This is inoffensive. Quick match. Quick fast. Uh, The claim beat the Mighty O'Neill, which is tough. I hope AEW really uses TMDK. Like, I I think that's, like, a really good team to bring in. Um, But they're not done in – they're not done in Japan, and they're kind of, like, doing their thing over there. But this seemed like one of those, hey, let's give them a tester match. Yeah. Again, it's an Inoki event, so get some New Japan talent in there. No problem. 
No. All right. Now we're on. MJF versus the Righteous. ROH Tag Team Championships. Nobody wanted the Righteous. Nobody cared. But mm-hmm. it kind of works out because, you know, with Adam Cole getting hurt, um, MJF going into this by himself, it's totally feasible they can be both of these guys, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this match happens, it was like, ah, oh, it's a two-on-one, and you're like, ah, they could beat him, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he's got this. Instead, if they would have worked the kingdom and then Cole got hurt, then it would have put a damper on things. But now, you have this match, MJF is just super over, kangaroo kicks, calls the shots, he's going to wrap his dress around this dude's arm and shove his head up his ass, does everything right. Like, he, he played the hits. He's a guy who is over doing the most basic ass wrestling moves a body slam he got that shit over he got a kangaroo kick over in a fucking clothesline yo the clothesline is vicious <laughs> he's on fire and i know in the coming weeks we'll discuss it more like what are they going to do with with adam cole's injury how are they going to handle mjf moving forward but as of right now it seems like they're going into this feud with jay white for the uh full gear which could be great i mean i wouldn't put it outside the realm of possibility that jay white could beat mjf i don't know but I feel like they've they've done well. I was concerned about him playing babyface, but it's working. No, I agree. I, I think he's shown his versatility for sure. You know, he's the epitome of what a heel is. He's always been. But I think this is a side of MJF. I surely didn't think he had in him. Maybe not this early. And we were worried about crowds continuously cheering him, right? Like, you know, he's cutting these tweener promos. I don't know. How does he go back? He's found a home as a baby face for right now. Yeah. And he's a yeah. guy where you can always make him a heel again. Always. Anytime. So it, yeah, it's it's good to see that he has this in him and the character work. And he's changed his interview style. So he's giving props to people in interviews and actually being like a good baby face and a nice guy everywhere. And the comedic timing is great. Um, well, he did Steiner math and he did the Bret Hart walkout with give, yeah. the, dude, the kid the scarf. Like he's paying homage to all the legends and it's great. Like yeah. it's this is being he's found he struck the perfect balance of still being a heel, but the fans love him. Like I'm your douchebag, right? Like everybody, I'm, I like everybody loves him because of that. It it works. And this, as long as you keep putting him in, in there with people that's easy to hate, then it works. Jay yeah. White, it's easy, easy to hate. He's a very good heel. This works. So he's a, this match was again didn't need to be long. Needed to be what it was. It didn't need to be a five-star one-on-two match. It didn't need to be any of that. It just needed to be MJF playing the hits and getting these guys the fuck out of here. No, I agree. And I thought, a good way to kick off the show. It's fun. Uh, next match, Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. You know I love this match. I know you do. <laughs> when I got home and I watched it, I was just like, I wonder how long they're just going to let them beat the shit out of each other. I was like, it doesn't, like... They're not gonna give them like twenty, are they? Like, no, it's perfect. It's like yeah, quick this was... 10, 11 minute match. Um, and he kicks the wins. Shabbat's just out here having fun. Like, fuck it. He's like, I'm not even supposed to be here. Like, yeah, let's just go out here and have fun. Yeah, he's supposed to be done wrestling and he's out here just still working matches. And I've always been a huge Shabbat mark, and to see him and Kingston work together and then you know they honor each other after the match. It's great. This is what you want out of a, a show called Wrestle Dream. This is the match that you want. So yeah, perfect. yeah. That was very Japan-esque. Yeah. And then Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart. If you're talking about it doesn't have a bad match, I might put this up there. No, I thought the match was fine. I just thought that Statlander does nothing for me. 
Yeah, but she doesn't have bad matches. Like she's a good wrestler. She just doesn't have bad. She doesn't have bad matches, but she has no character, right? Yeah, That's she doesn't make me care about any. Yeah, like Julia Hart has more character than Statlander does, and her presentation has been incredible. She's been yeah. a revelation since joining House of Black, and she was made almost believable to beat Statlander in this match, right? With Brody King on the outside, he thought he would have got some help. This wasn't a bad match. Statlander doesn't have bad wrestling matches. She just you don't care. That's all the, the care. problem is you don't care. So this I mean, match was fine. It didn't hurt anybody. Of a bad match. <laughs> if you don't make people care, like. I don't care. You could do a million moves. Like you could spam fucking Canadian destroyers and her Karanas. But if I don't care about it, then it's not a great match. Like That's she cool. just, she's just there. She's she's there, and you know people got behind her, and then people I thought realized Julia Hart could have added a lot to that belt. Maybe. Um, I don't think Julia Hart's a great worker yet. Like she's still trying to figure it out. She's still very young. They have a women problem in this company, and you know. Statlander retaining the title, fine. They just got to figure out who's going to get it off her. Yeah. I was, it might have been our group chat. They're like, yo, what is her gimmick? We no know. one knows. No. She was an no alien now. She's not. I mean, we know who should get the title off her. Tony fucking Storm should get the title off her. Timeless Tony Storm. Is Come Tony on. Storm too big for that title, though? No. No. Because she would turn it into a gimmick. She would. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the TBS title. Like Turner Classic movies, like you could do so much with Tony Storm holding that title, it wouldn't necessarily have to elevate it. It'd be her own little prop. Because to be honest, we don't need no TBS Women's title. We don't really need it. We just need the the main title, right? Yeah. It's there. But Tony Storm, being this character who has been incredibly over the past few weeks and just getting better every single week, she's perfect. Get the title off of Statlander and put on Tony Storm. Tony Storm doesn't even need to be in the main title picture yet because I don't want her to lose anybody. She's having no. fun. Um, real quick before we go on, do you give credence to the people that are saying, "All right, this is three events in a row, and there's one woman match on each event"? They got nine yes. minutes out of three and a half hours. Yes, the women's division is hurting. Like it's it's very obvious. I if you want to complain about Tony not giving enough time to women, you're right. They haven't had a great deal of matches unless Britt Baker's involved. See, yeah. and the, the other issue is Jade's gone, which is whatever but Britt baker thunder rosa's hurt still right you still have Sheedy, stuff tony storm you still have ruby's Soho, you still have soraya but you really don't have anybody when you really think about it you got enough to have two matches on every card what would the second match be on this card you just be throwing a match arbitrarily because they built nothing uh i thought tony storm could have had a match on this card for for what what's her what's her feud no, she just gets such a big pop that I, I think you could parade that character out and give her like a good match. Uh, not necessarily the match she just had on Dynamite. Nah, man. This pay-per-view is long enough. If you don't give me a reason to have a match, I don't need it on the card. So no, I mean, you got to take away one of the men's match. That's the that's key. Fine. I know, like you, I, not to, what I'm saying, you know, I agree. I agree. No but the issue is you have to build. Give me a match that I want to see. Like, I don't need a Tony Storm exhibition match. But I need Tony Storm to have a feud that dictates why she'd have a match at Wrestle Dream. It's called Wrestle Dream. Why didn't you get a Joshi out of out of like stardom or somewhere to work her in at this pay per view? They didn't build towards anything. I don't want a women's match just arbitrarily just to to check the box. I don't. Well, want I would that. I would argue half of this card was booked in the past two weeks, so it no, doesn't I take mean, much. Like it's not like everything here had a story, right? Like a lot of this stuff is in fact what you just said, a dream, right? It would have made yeah. complete sense. If 
her character, which is disheveled and, and wild, and she thinks she's too good for things. If Tony would have just said, well, you have to wrestle someone from Japan, and she just acts like, I'm bigger than that. I'm a star. How dare you? Comes out and has that match. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, looks into the camera, breaks the fourth wall. All that shit would have went over great on a pavement. Yeah, the problem is, is that New Japan is men. So no, they don't really New Japan, they, but I mean like stardom or something. But I'm saying they would have to reach out to like stardom or somebody like that. And that's a different kind of working relationship. Again, the problem is that there is they didn't build towards anything to dictate another women's match at this pay-per-view. So they the problem is the roster. Like you have a good roster of women. But the problem again, the problem isn't that the problem, the fundamental issue is that they haven't built the women's division. I don't, if you're going to complain about the women, have, like if you would have thrown a Tony Storm match on here, I wouldn't have wanted it because there's there was no build. If you had a build or you had worked me into something to say, I want to see Tony Storm wrestle against such and such, that makes sense. But they didn't do anything. So you can complain that there's not a women's match on here and you're absolutely right. But the bigger complaint is I need more time for the women on TV. That's the problem. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like, I can't disagree with that. But I just think Tony was in a place as a character where I've seen him throw people on for less just because they're hot. I saw him throw the claim on pay-per-views just to get the fucking rap in that city, have him wrestle five, six minutes, and that was the end of him. You know, like, the, the rap was damn near half the match. So when someone was hot, they would put them on these events and, like, keep them around. Hook at first. They were just tossing them into shit, you know? It, it's just one of those things where I thought, they could do so just to keep the character hot. And then let's see. We now have the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros versus the Guns uh, versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. Yeah. um, Young Bucks going over 12 minutes. Wasn't too long. Everybody came out there and got their shit in. Fine. It wasn't like the greatest match ever, but it was it was good. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. like um it's one of those where there's just so many fucking belts that you have to kind of go through. Like I just saw a tag team titles defended by MJF, right? Like yep. and then you're telling me that your champion who holds tag team titles as well, is it the real main tag team title feud? Like it's just so many belts that it kind of adds fatigue to it but the match was fine and in the periphery of like should i care about the match no like i didn't leave this match and say well this is the bucks next feud even though the guns possibly could be but i mean the young bucks versus ftr is clearly still having this match yeah the the way to go and and i think we need to eventually close the circle on the young bucks turning heel like this is what needs to happen right and i maybe this happens at full gear is probably where it's going to happen but this is the last time these two need to wrestle because we need to give others uh, time, you know, in this tag division. They had a really good tag division, but it's like we need time for other teams to develop. But I'm never offended by a Young Bucks FTR match unless they do another one after this. Like, this needs to be the last one. When is Full Gear? November 9th or some shit like that. Damn. So we are on a pace of monthly pay-per-views. Yeah, so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wow. It's a different change here and then we have swerve strickland versus hangman adam page they let him go um prince nana still is over as ever the crowd was very pro swerve because he's from there uh it is sad to report that he beat me and madam in the super bowl 
Yeah, he beat me by three, some shit. So he took two W's on Sunday, and Swerve is proving at a rapid pace at this point that he is a main event guy. And now it's just a matter of when when do you put him there? Because there's not much more he can do, to be honest. He can wrestle no. Bubba Bell. We know this. He has one of the hottest entrance songs going. He has a dance, like a viral dance. Like that should go viral on TikTok. He's going, he has a great manager. The stable is good. They hold other titles because you got a million fucking titles. Um, and there's a bunch of muscle and ways for him to cheat if you need him to cheat to win. I'm not sure what more he has to do. No, he just needs good feuds. Like yeah, he's, he's just working Danielson, but yeah, but no, it just he needs good feuds. Like now he is a major player on this roster. Does it mean he needs to get the title next week? No. But it need it means that every feud he's in needs to be meaningful. Like feuds can be more important than the title. It's not like he's gonna be feuding with MJF immediately. He should be you know, the hangman thing may be done. Maybe he goes into a longer feud with Danielson. Who knows? Um, but he needs major feuds from this point on. He is a person who needs to be seen weekly on television in the similar vein as Moxley, Danielson, Omega, Hangman. Like, his name is up there now. He needed this win. Like, we said it when he was our guest. Like, man, I'm tired of you losing. You got to win. Yeah. At a certain point, you have to start winning. And now that he's won and now this company, they don't desperately need a heel. But they could use some more with MJF turning babyface. And Swerve fits that role, right? He does really well with this. Your, your best crazy thing, your best heel on the roster probably is Christian Cage. Because that no, motherfucker is yeah. incredible. No, <laughs> like that motherfucker is hands incredible. down the best heel. Hands down. But Swerve can also fill that role and he can wrestle, right? Him, Jay White, like the, you have a good stack of heels, Ricky Starks, that can all go and they're all heels. So it's a good balance. Just keep him at the top of the show. Yeah. Just give him the top. Uh, real quick, talking about Ricky Starks, him versus Wheeler Yuta. Hated that this match even... I don't even know why this match existed. Ricky won, and he needed He needed it. to. But why? Like, are we continuing something? Where is this leading? Um, it looks like maybe it's leading to him and Moxley feud. Dude, I, I think... Which would I be think. good for him. Here, here's the the simple way to look at it. He was feuding with Punk. Punk is fired. They pivot to Danielson at the last minute. Danielson never really had a long-term feud in mind with Starks because no. he was going to work Zack Sabre Jr. So they needed to blow this thing off to get out of this and into Zack Sabre Jr. and Danielson. But that left Starks out in the cold. So they, they was like, well, let's get another BCC member yep. for him to work. But nobody really needed it at this pay-per-view because it's not a dream match. It's like Starks is just working somebody to stay visible, like to your point about Tony Storm. But I didn't need this on the pay-per-view because it didn't tell us where we were going. Also, we need Moxley on commentary more. He's nuts. He is absolutely absolutely unhinged on commentary. He was so good. You can't put him on commentary more because you don't have – Tony Khan got a lot of money. He got enough money to continuously pay for every time Moxie says a curse word. You, Yo. He does not have that one. <laughs> and Moxie's like, not going to stop saying curse words. No, and I think, like, the perfect examples, as we get into the Danielson match in a little bit, he's like, he stands up, he covers the mic, and he's like, get him, Brian, fuck that guy. That, I was like, bro, everybody heard that. Like, Moxley, I said in the group chat, Moxley sounds like a, so, a super sober version of Nate Diaz. He just says shit. Like, he just says things, and it's great. But it's like this very honest, straightforward version of Nate Diaz 
without like the stock the Stockton dialogue. Yeah. But it like he just it's just like word vomit. But it's fucking entertaining. But in this match, it's like, you know, he's chilling for Wheeler and he's just like talking, yeah, we just beat the fuck out of Wheeler every week. Like the way he just talks is great. But ultimately Starks didn't need this. Him with Big Bill is weird. Starks is just in a really weird spot because he keeps getting himself over, but he's not in anything meaningful right now. He's just kind of around. They got him and Big Bill getting ready to work FTR, I think, at Rampage yeah. or Collision. I don't know one of them fucking shows. One but Collision, I think. They're not going to win. No. Just give me something else for Starks to do because he's too good to just be like working real Wheeler Utah for no reason. Going through the entire Blackpool Combat Club would be a, a cool start arc for him. It would, but, but the problem the problem is Starks is a heel. Yeah. Blackpool's in a very like we're in between. So it's hard to elevate yourself as a heel working them. Cause Wheeler Hughes is like the heel of that group. Yeah. Right? Moxley, like like Daniels is the baby face of that group. Cesaro and Moxley are like the tweeners of that group. So in order to get yourself over as a heel, you need to work the baby face and beat him, but you already worked Daniels and you lost. Lost. So even if you work Moxley, you have to beat him. But I don't think they're ready to put him over on Moxley you, just You yet. people beat Moxley. Yeah, so they, they have a lot to figure out with Starks. They have to find another direction for him to go. Because, as I kind of mentioned, like they have these elevation of heels on the roster. But now Starks doesn't really have anybody to work with. Yeah. It's, it's a tough spot. I just hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle while trying to stay afloat. You know, like, there's we'll talk about it. There's new people coming in every day. Yeah. And that's less TV time, that's less less spots or longer pay-per-views. And even sticking someone in on a pay-per-view, they just get lost on it. So it's like, yeah, they were on the pay-per-view, but yeah, like, what the fuck? It, you don't care about that by the end of it. They they just get lost in the sauce. And I think that's what happened with this Ricky Starks match. Hopefully uh, he's able to spin out of that and get a meaningful feud, like you just said. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, the next match, which is probably my match of the night, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. It was the technical match it was supposed to be. They both went out there. They both showed out. Danielson in front of the hometown crowd went crazy. These two were in and out of moves, reversals. It was everything it was supposed to be. And and Danielson continues to show that if this is the swan song, he's leaving still at the top of his game as a top five guy in the world. And I guess better leave on top than too late. But these make you just want to continue to watch Danielson and want him to never go away. And it's wrestling. And he said he's going to wrestle until he's like 70 because he loves Terry Funk. And that's just the type of guy he is. And but full time Danielson, like these programs, everything is coming to a close and, and it's sad, but damn, these matches are good. Yeah, man. I mean, I've always been big on Zack Sabre Jr., big on Danielson. These two have a match. What do you fuck do you expect? I expect a great grappling match and it's it's a clinic and it's a reminder that time and time again, and I know it's too early for people to say for whatever reason, but Danielson's very close to one of being in the top five wrestlers of all time. Just period. Like the shit that he does and the longevity and the matches that he had and the promotions that he's worked for and how he's changed the game. He doesn't have bad matches. He's like, he's, he's, and now it's like, he's the reason that I think as we talk about Adam Copeland edge coming over, like this is freedom. The thing that Adam Copeland talked about, about coming over and getting to do the things you didn't get to do in WWE. That's what Danielson's showing people right now. He's getting to do shit that he could have never done in WWE. If you'd have said, hey, Vince, I want to wrestle this skinny European dude in a grappling match. Vince would like, get the fuck out of my office, right? Like, it would have never happened. But here you can do that. And it's just adding to this man's legacy. Like, he's bleeding. He's grappling. He's wrestling 20, 30-minute matches. He's kind of doing what he wants to do. And Zack Sabre Jr. is, I thought, it's always been an incredible talent. And these two just, they it worked. This match clicked. It was great. Fantastic match. Yeah, it was the match of the night. And then Moxley on the commentary was great, too. A-plus match. Moxley's not hurt, right? Like, that's not why he's doing commentary. I'm wondering, like, because I'm cool with him doing commentary for every Blackpool combat club match. Like, he's just like, fuck it. But when I saw him come out for this, I was like, yo, is he injured? And they're just keeping him on TV. He took a bad bump. He's wrestling next week. But you know, he took the bad bump against Ray oh, Phoenix. Oh, where they and thought he was like concussed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. he's just sitting out for a while because that's they had to call an audible on that. Like, they yeah. clearly – Phoenix getting the title was not by design. And, and he dropped him on his head twice. Hard. And I think they've created this new narrative. The best things in pro wrestling happen by accident. The new narrative is whoever the fuck holds that title is going to get hurt. And they kind of – they leaned into it on Dynamite this week with Phoenix, and it was just like – yeah, if you wrestle, if you got that belt, chances are you're going to get fucking hurt. Because everybody gets hurt with that title. Yep. It's the, the get hurt title. So that's probably why he was on commentary, because he should have been defending the title at this event. But yeah, he, he took a few drops on the skull. I like that. When you just blend it in and just ride the wave on the story. Like NXT yeah. is doing that, that the women's tag team titles are cursed. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Just yeah, write it's, it. It's great. Yeah, can't hide from it. You know what the hell is happening. And then we have the Don Callis family versus uh, Chris Jericho, the Golden Elite. Match is fine. <laughs> cool. Look, Omega can't win. He can't no. win. Kota Bushi, he can't help him. The the story about the Don Callis family just keep getting one up on him is is great. I still am not the biggest fan of Jericho being involved in this, even though I get the callback to like the first Dynamite match was Jericho and Omega. I get all that, but I just need the Golden Lovers. I don't need yeah. Chris Jericho. I didn't need him at all. Um, Sammy Guevara, I really didn't need. This could have been a straight up tag team match. It could have, to, to be honest. But I, I don't get the Don Callis family thing. I mean, I it's, it's it. very, it's like Dangerous Alliance S, and but you're just collecting a bunch of random pieces. Well, like no, to catch the Osprey, it's a bunch of random pieces, and they're just going to keep adding random pieces to it. And I'm like, all right, it's. I, I don't know if the it. the puzzle pieces I, match to me. I wouldn't say that because I, I I trust Don Callis is being very involved in who's in this group, and I think there's a point of everybody in this group. I, I think that. You have Takeshita, who's like the alpha. He's like this, the new Japanese star. You, I don't know if Osprey's actually technically part of the Don Callis no, I family. I think he just joined in as a mercenary or something. But you have Sammy Guevara, who's like the flippy guy, who does, can do all the flippy shit. And now they added Powerhouse Hobbs, who's the muscle. Like, I feel like they're forming an identity with this group. As long as Don Callis is involved, it makes sense. But it reminds me of a boy band. It's like you're building... Backstreet Boys are in sync, right? Like you ever watched the yeah. MTV show like Together, where it's like you need one bad boy, then you need yeah. the older brother type, then you need, and you're just piecing together types throughout the roster. But I'm just yeah. not sure like they mesh, like they don't look good together. Like they, I, Powerhouse Hobbs and Sammy Guevara, it's like why? Why would you ever put those two in the thing together? Like shit works out, right? Like Judgment Day worked out in WWE. What the fuck do I know? I thought that was somewhat dead in the water after a while. I thought that was like, you know, random pieces put together. It's worked out fine. But I just, it it seems very random. Hobbs, I don't think, needed a faction. This is like his third fucking thing they've tried throwing him into. Could work. Sammy Guevara just came out of a faction. It's like another one. Okay. And Takeshi has been here for a cup of tea. And he's the alpha leader of this faction. It's just like, it's very Don Callis dependent. And yes. after the Kenny Omega shit is done, what regardless of how long it takes, after that is done, they're going to have to stand on their own. I just don't know if it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's you you made the you just said what it is. It's Don Callis dependent, right? Like Don Callis is a very good mouthpiece. He's he's a heat magnet. Everybody hates him. It's all dependent on how Don Callis positions them as talent, right? Mm-hmm. Because for all intents and purposes, Sammy Guevara needs a mouthpiece. Powerhouse obviously needs a mouthpiece. Uh, Takeshita needs a mouthpiece. Don Callis is that mouthpiece. Now you put all these pieces together, and after whatever happens with Omega, if you are pushing them into directions to feud like for titles or be a tag, I don't know about the tag team shit, but like the Dangerous Alliance was a bunch of guys under Paul Heyman. Yeah, yeah. If you do 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 the same thing here and have Callis represent them and they all are winning, that's also the key. They can't start losing. They all got to win. They can lose the match here and there, 
Takeshi should eventually lose to Kenny Omega so Kenny can go on his back, path back to a world title. But as long as they're winning and, and squashing people or doing what they got to do, Samuel Guevara maybe goes into the international title picture. I, I don't know. But it's all dependent on how Don Callis presents this group of individuals. If he's for any reason disappears, this group will fail and fall on his face. Yeah. But they, there has to be a plan for what he's doing with his team. Right now, I'm fine with it because I trust Don Callis. I will have to see how much energy is put into this group after this thing with Omega is done. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they got to make it make it count, you know, because yeah. it's it's a lot, a lot of a lot of TV time, a lot of assets. A guy like Kenny Omega, a lot being put into not only making Takeshita because that's like the ultimate goal here, but now making this faction stand and elevate itself to it's above a mid card faction. You know, like it's it's an elevated faction, so it has to end up being like the Judgment Day went, and I like it should be a top level faction where people are like, oh, I didn't see this shit coming, but this is really good. Um, so hopefully it sticks that way. FTR versus Aussie Open. I could have done without this match. I didn't hate it at it all. Was, I just it was oddly it. placed in the card, yeah, and it was very long. It was a um, here we can wrestle match. And I've like, yo, bro, I've had enough of these, right? Like, yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, it's fine. We knew FTR was going to win. Aussie Open had just dropped the ROH titles. There hasn't really been a plan for whatever Aussie Open is about to do. I didn't need twenty minutes of this. You could have left it off the card. I would have been totally fine with that. Or just move it up in the card. It, if it was second a, match of the night, yeah, it, it wasn't a bad match. Like it was a, it was a solid match. But it was one of those things where. I've seen all this before and I'm just seeing it in a different order, right? Like yeah. I'm seeing the moves in a different order and I'm like, wow, it's still a pretty good match. Like watching the office for like the fifth time. But at a certain point you're like, all right, I need a different episode, right? Yeah. I need new characters in the show. And that's what this match was. And I didn't need 20 minutes of it though. No, it was, it was oddly placed in the card. And then Christian Cage versus Darby Allen, um, two out of three falls match. A lot what, of is wrong with this? what is wrong with Darby Allen? That bump is on the steps. Oh my God. Straight at the steps. Like there was no right at. (laughs) Just like, what is he doing? I can only imagine Christian Cage and Darby have, you know, because you call matches, right? And you're calling spots. And when things are steps are far, it's like you're talking, are you good? Like, you know, you see him whispering to each other and you see like mouths moving, they're covering themselves. And I can just imagine Cage like, and Darby's like, just throw me into that shit. And like, Chris, like, what? Just throw me in. And I'm, I'm sure at some point, Darby probably called him a bitch. He was like, you were in a TLC match, bitch. Throw me into the fucking stairs and I'll be fine. And Gray's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to throw you into these stairs. And they almost killed that man. But Darby likes the near-death experiences. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Nick Wayne, t- okay, a couple things. Nick Wayne turning was obvious, but I needed it to happen. Yes. Right? I needed Nick Wayne to turn because it makes sense that he's Christian Cage's like adopted son. It all makes sense, right? Well, the after only... Christian Cage was just shitting on his family for so long, but yes, I get it. And he has yeah. eyes for his mother, but whatever. And, and I like I, the only thing I was hoping didn't happen that Chris that uh, Nick Wayne's mother didn't turn too, and she didn't. And that's what I needed to happen because if she would have been like, "Oh, I love you, Chris," I was like, "All right, this is too much." But I needed Nick Wayne to turn. And his mother was like, "Why? Like, I needed that because she clearly hates Christian Cage. He's shitting on your dead, your dead widows, the widower. Like, he's shitting all over it. He adopts his son. Now it's this whole family debacle. I needed this to happen. 
It was very obvious the moment that Nick Wayne came out. It was very obvious the week before Nick Wayne was turning heel. But the way it happened, I was like, cool. Cost Darby the, the finish. But then we get the new assignee of AEW. And he comes in the form of the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. He has everything but his name. He has his music. He yeah. has the rated R superstar. Everything but his name. I kind of saw the name. <laughs> I kind of so I was thinking about this. This is the first long tenured WWE star that's been nowhere else AEW signed. The first, right? It's a big deal. Like CM Punk has been places. You go down the list of everybody. They've all been somewhere else at one point or another. Yeah. Big show. Everybody's been somewhere else at some point, right? I guess big show was WCW. Yeah. Yeah. It, like you could say Mark Henry, but Mark Henry never wrestled for AEW, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been Ring of Honor, Impact, the Hardys were Impact, the Hardys were ROH. Edge went straight from WWE to AEW, right? It's the first time it's ever happened. And I see some people saying it's the biggest sign, and no, CM Punk was the biggest signing. Like, we're we're not going to even debate that point. Danielson was a bigger signing. Nothing Punk. Nothing was bigger than Punk. No, than then Edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean... The night that Danielson and, and Adam Cole both debuted, this, that was fucking huge, yeah. right? But the Edge signing is significant because he just jumped over. Like, Edge is like, I've done everything I need to do in WWE. Yep. I just want to wrestle with my best friend. And, and I know if said, I come wrestle. Okay. Yeah. And Tony was like, oh, you want to wrestle with your best friend? Sure. And again, he goes back to freedom. They can sh- they've done this business for so long. Him and Christian have done this for so long that you can totally trust them to book an angle and just get a little feedback from Tony and it'll work. Yep. Right. They know what they're doing, but it makes you wonder. It's like, all right. Some people say, well, they traded, traded a Jade for an edge. And if you say that, I will say, I understand if you're saying it from this point, AEW doesn't have the tools to build a Jade, but they have the tools to keep edge happy. They can do everything they want to keep edge happy because he's paid. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need a title. He doesn't need to be elevated. He doesn't need to be marketed. He just wants to wrestle. And him doing that makes perfect sense. I, Jay, they didn't have the personnel to build Jay. They, they didn't have the team. The question becomes, does that help AEW? Yes. Right? Um, and this is why I ask. Impact at one point, or in their TNA, just became the place where old people went because they knew they had freedom and they could do whatever, right? And they came in and they were treated top of the card guys, regardless of where they were at when they left WWE. They were just like, it was a nostalgia tool and they could do whatever they wanted. Not saying that AEW is that yet, but I'm it's not bad to look at what companies before have done, you know, and just be like, okay, learn from these mistakes. Adam Copeland coming in and then you just saying, yeah, book whatever you want with your friend is cool. Cause Adam Copeland is Adam Copeland. He's edge. You got the music, all that shit. I would have liked him to just be, it's weird. WWA E brain, maybe just Adam, just cope something, something with just one syllable edge cope. They got, they got a lot of Adams. Yeah. Cope. Anything. Any, Adam Copeland is now. Adam Copeland is long as fuck. Like I needed something. Uh, whatever. 
So him coming in, though, it's just one of those things where you just can't leave that door open for every I'm done. I've done everything a WWE guy, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't be the wasteland for those guys. And granted, they're very talented still, but you just can't become like, yeah, my door is always open to these guys because now people want Dolph Ziggler to go there and be like, well, I've done everything WWE let me do. Now let me go to AEW because they're going to let me have freedom and I can go and I can book my shit and I get my shit off and develop my own character. You you just can't establish that precedent that, yeah, if you do 10 years in WWE, come here, have whatever character you want and go crazy. Like not everyone could be Joker Sting in Impact, right? Like you just can't be like, yo, I'm going to just go here, finish my career because they're going to let me do what the fuck I want and WWE wouldn't. Like well, you, you can't do There's that. a difference though. Like Impact, the reason why Impact failed was not because the main event Mafia, which was great. It was yeah. not because of Kurt Angle. Clearly, Kurt Angle was great. It wasn't because of Christian, because clearly Christian was great. It was because they brought in Eric Bischoff. It was because of the, the management. Of, like they, it was because I'm not even talking about failing. I don't think AEW is going to fail. I just think it's like... No, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is... It's a time is, thing, right? Like You can't just let people come in and take up all that time. But what I'm saying is like Impact did a good job when TNA did a really good job balancing the OGs and bringing up new young talent. Yeah. They did a really good job with that. that. Yeah. They didn't have the finances with Dixie Carter handling it. They didn't have the finances to really elevate that brand. Right. And they just got dwarfed by WWE. Tony Khan has the finances to do that. So I don't have a problem with them bringing in a legacy like edge, because again, what I just said, edge has been nowhere else, but WWE, you can't pass up on him. You can't. If he's if he's in the market, you got to take him. But no, you can't leave the door open for everybody, right? But you're going to leave the door open for Edge. If Randall Keith Orton gives you a call and wants to come to AEW, you fucking take him. That's fine. Right? But you can't just be like, yeah, you come here and you just... The precedent is you cannot come here with the idea that this is just the place of endless freedom and you can do what the fuck you want. But I think I think wrestlers, and I know this for a fact, I'm sure Edge had a conversation with Tony before signing. Like, again, if you're if you're WCW era old talent, everybody wanted to fucking win the title, right? And it got messy because the inmates ran the asylum and it wasn't about elevating anybody, it was about selfishness. Edge is not coming here no. like I to be selfish. He's not coming here to win a title. He wants to work with his friend, and I'm sure he's gonna put people over on the process. And he's going to work with somebody like Sting. This, there's no problem with any of this. It's if you let the door open, leave the door open for somebody who comes in and was like, I need to be the champ. I need to be at the top of the card. I need to book all the storylines. Like, I'm sure that Tony's still going to have input on these angles. And I'm sure he looks at somebody like Adam Copeland and Christian and be like, oh, well, I can trust them to book. Because I'm sure Christian has booked a lot of this storyline. Of course. But- it's just the time, right? Like, we, this is going to take away from someone who you signed three years ago, who is younger. This this isn't getting Miro closer to establishing his character again. It's not getting Keith Lee closer to doing what he was supposed to do. Anything stopping that? That ain't that ain't that ain't Adam time. Fault. It's not Adam Copeland's fault. That's Tony Khan's fault. That has nothing to do with that, signing. That's Adam it's again, it's not his fault for wanting to work with his best friend. 
No, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is do this every now and then. It shows do you take a Dolph Ziggler and allow him to do this? You you've already allowed C- Okay, I understand this. But you've allowed CM Punk to do it. You've allowed Danielson to do it. Now you've allowed Edge to do it. That's three talented three years coming from WWE. CM Punk removed. But his last company being WWE and saying, I did not get what I wanted over there or I've done everything that I had to do over there. I'm coming here. Yeah. And that's okay. But that's three and three years. We can't go six and six. Mercedes is about to do that in the women's division. She's going to say, I'm coming in. I'm going to do everything they would not allow me to do here, here. Yes, I'm you done, can. As long as it makes sense. WWE, I'm trying to do here. As long as it makes sense. There's you're no problem with it. You're away from a lot of your No, you're, you're not taking away because, again, Mr. Fantasy motherfucking uh, MLB the show. all the time, yeah. If you, sign, if you have a chance to sign Shohei Otani, yeah. you're putting somebody on the bench, right? Somebody going on the bench. Somebody going on the bench. There are certain names. It'll break my heart to put the Martian on the bench. But if but I only got certain it. spots, I got certain The spots. point is you'll do you'll it. pitch so it. The, If if the name makes sense, Adam Copeland makes sense. You get Adam Copeland. Mercedes makes sense. You get Mercedes. Dolph Ziggler doesn't make sense. Mustafa Ali doesn't make sense. Brian Danielson made sense. Greatest wrestler in the world. You just got to figure out how to get the other people on TV with them. But the, the issue isn't Edge taking somebody else's time. You have fucking six hours of television. You have more than enough time. They're just booking wrong angles for certain talent or not dedicating themselves to somebody like a Hobbs who disappears after a while or not giving Starks the right feuds. Wardlow right? just gone. Wardlow is a personality vacuum, right? Like he's just, it, it's, it's just, it ain't working. He just can't go do powerbomb symphonies. Everybody like, yay, you got to rebuild Wardlow. He has to be reconstructed. Like Swerve has done an excellent job himself of making him who he is. Edge is going to want to feud with a lot of these guys. Like, dude, you brought in Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe ain't taking nobody's time. As a matter of fact, we want to see more of fucking Samoa Joe. So it's it, there's a balance that needs to be struck. But if you open the door and, and you said six and six years, that's fine. But if you do three and three months, that's a fucking problem. Like Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, as much as I like him, I don't want them in AEW. I'd like to see them in Impact. I'd like to see Dolph work Japan, right? I don't want to see him in AEW under the the copeland danielson cm punk clause where it's like i've done everything because i didn't do everything he won the title got concussed a million times never reached the peak of his power Kinda comes i don't need him like a claudio level like you should have done everything yeah like claudio came in he's not taking my spot he's having a good time yeah. right and everything he's doing is like working miro is a different story entirely because he came in then he fucking disappeared same with andrade for months at a time they didn't take anybody's time so i, I don't know i don't know I'm so, not I'm not too concerned. I know we gotta get through this uh NXT card real quick and then preview fast lane. But last question for AW. Do you think, and this is just personal opinion, that this rubs the young talent a wrong way? No. Because you you say Claudio's not taking anyone's spot. That's true. They're just here to have a good time, right? Danielson's just here to have a good time. Copeland's just here to have a good time well, with his friend. Well, but, he's he's here to elevate the company. Danielson no, made that very clear. Of course. But in yeah. the ring, he's here to have a good time. Right? Yeah. It's a mix of a locker room dynamic of you, you have a lot of guys that are just here like, thank God I'm not in WWE and in catering. I just want to fucking wrestle and have fun. Mm-hmm. And then you have people actually like, yo, this is my first company. 
Mm -hmm. And I'm actually trying to climb a ladder. I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to establish myself. And actually, this is my first go around. Ain't shit fun about this. I'm reaching for a brass ring. And I I feel like, I don't know if this is the case, but I've seen other locker rooms. I don't know how it is in pro wrestling, right? But there's there's other locker rooms where there's vets and you'd be like, yo, that's cool. And you have five rings and you're chilling and this may be cool. You get your money, you're having five rings, you, you're just doing your thing. But I got drafted last year. I don't got none of those rings. I'm fucking hungry. Like what it's it's a different mindset. And sometimes I could rub the young people. It'd be like, yo, I get it, but you got to move to the side. I, I think when I look at AW and this is just me from the outside, that's one of MJF's biggest cruxes when he took his ball and went home, got a new contract, he's been a different man since, is that I ain't here to to play games. I haven't done everything in my career. I, I bust my ass to get over. I'm at the top of this company. Pay me now. I'm working my way up. I'm here to be the man. These guys are here for fucking fun. They've been the man. I'm establishing a legacy. So it's weird to see how those two dichotomies work. I'll say this. It's a very good question. And it's something that Tony Khan's going to have to control. Because when Danielson showed up, the first thing he said is, he talked about all this young talent he wanted to work with. Then he worked with them. Punk did the same thing. Oh, I want to work with all these young guys. Yep. And then he worked with them. And it helps the young talent. Yeah. So you have fucking Jungle Boy Jack Perry get you fired from the company. Right? This whole story. <laughs> if Edge was to come in, Adam Copeland, and only work with, with Christian, and only work with like older heads, then it's not great. But if Edge comes in and puts Starks over, that helps, right? Like, you need locker room leaders, too. Like, you can't have D'Angelo Russell's running around in your fucking locker room all the time. Like, if anybody remembers, D'Angelo Russell got ousted from the Lakers for being messy. (laughs) Like, Jack Perry is a messy kid, and you need veteran leadership in order to reel it in because as much as Tony Khan is only, he's not a veteran. Like, Danielson's a veteran. He's an OG who can reel in the young kids and he can elevate them as well. So if you're a young talent and you see Edge coming in, yeah, you might say, oh, shit, I'm trying to get my shit off, but he's here. But as long as he's here to help elevate me, like, again, if you're not here for selfish purposes, like, you can have fun, but you can elevate other talent. I think Daniels' idea of fun is getting his head busted open by Ricky Starks and then elevating the talent. Punk's thing, he's like, ah, I want to work MJF. Like, he wants to elevate talent. It doesn't become a problem until, again, what WCW did and what TNA did to a degree is like those OGs just want to suck up all the air and don't yeah. want to give any looks to the young talent. That's when it becomes problematic. But right now, I think it's still safe. It could get dangerous if you get more of them, but it's a valid concern. And hopefully Tony's got telling the locker room like, yo, we're bringing Adam Copeland in and he's going to help you guys. He's going to help you storytelling wise, promo wise. Work rate rise wise. How to pace yourself in matches. Stop killing yourselves. There's a way to make it work, but we'll see. If Tony's got to have control of that locker room, we'll see. Yeah, it's just it. It's just weird, right? Because in the WWE, at least you know motherfuckers are cutthroat <laughs> and everyone's racing yeah. for the top, right? Like you, you know what you're getting into there. Uh, it's a little different when you're in a place where it's supposed to be happy go lucky, and you're like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to fuck up the locker room vibes, but I'm the man here. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. 
The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, just to recap real quick, uh, NXT had a show, No Mercy, over the weekend. We'll go through this card really quick so we can touch on main roster WWE. But Baron Corbin defeated Braun Breaker. Yeah. I was shocked. But Braun could lose. He had the, the super dye in the beard. Yeah. He is he not trying very... to be like you. No salt and pepper. Nah, Jet he... black. I'm fine with Corbin winning, get his ass over back to the main roster, retool as a new character. They did it because, you know, Von Wagner's clearly coming back. Yep. And he's probably going to work uh, Breaker again. So it was a fine match. It was it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Braun just crushed his skull on live yeah. television. Broadcast yeah. cuts off. That was great. Uh, Trick Williams defeats Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, spoiler alert. We got to talk about right back. Right back. Because... <laughs> It took this happened on Saturday. Mommy caught wind on Sunday. Mommy to open up Raw. It's like you do not bring your ass back home without that title. That's yep. all you need to see. <laughs> that was like, what? Say less. Well, I think the, the smart play, there was a couple things that work here. One, it was a heat check for Trick Williams. It was yeah. a clear hate. They took him out of that where they're at in Florida. They put him in somewhere else. They wanted to see how an arena would react to him. And then he won the title. So they wanted to see how they reacted to that. And they quickly realized, Shawn Michaels like, oh, we got something here with him. Yep. The other side of this story is, all right, how are we going to play this him and Melo angle now? Right? Because now they both don't have titles. No. Trick just won his. Bron got in Camelo's ear and was like, hey, Trick wasn't there for you. Trick has heard Melo say things like, oh, I'm not Trick Williams, Dragunov. Like, they have this really good story here. And they use Judgment Day. This is the best use of a main roster talent in NXT because Dominic's not proven yeah. as a main roster talent. So with him winning the North American title makes sense because he's still like a piece of shit Weasley guy in Judgment Day. And him getting it back restores order with Judgment Day. But now it's like, all right, now we know we got something with Trick. We know we got something with Melo. This was perfect booking. Like, this was excellent, excellent booking. I was all for this. But Trick, they got something with Trick. Trick is over as a motherfucker. The only thing I don't need is Booker T doing them fucking ad-libs during the, the whoop that Yeah, did it. Oh, he's the worst commentator in pro wrestling hands down today. Easy. Like, by a country Easy. mile. He's awful. Easy. And he might be a great guy. Never talked to him. Easy. Yeah. He's the worst. Tremendous wrestler, tremendous. I hate his podcast. Yeah. Um, I hate how much he shits on other companies. That's yeah, not, I'm not gonna listen to his podcast, but his commentary is awful. Fuck. Yeah, it's unbearable. I miss I miss Beth Phoenix. Yeah, I never thought yeah, I'd say that. 
Beth was pretty bad, but like he's great. egregious. She's better bad. than him. Yeah, better. he just yells, "Oh, the blood steps all over everything!" Like, oh, oh, oh my god, so there was people who didn't like Moro on commentary. I like because he would Sorry. do like all his like pop culture references, and I loved it. All I, I love that shit. Yeah. And can yeah, a catchphrase? Yes, it's, what if they listen to Booker T for more than ten minutes? They better nah. just fucking hate it. And I watch half of this shit on mute. And I dread the times I got to listen to it. Really only watch the pay-per-views for NXT out of mute or if there's a good promo I find on social. And once Booker T starts talking, I'm like, damn, man, he's about to ruin this. He's bad. And then uh, the family retains D'Angelo and Stax. Brothers. I I told you they were going to retain. Yeah, OTM, Angel Garza, Roberto Carrillo. You did. But you watched this match. The Creed brothers were the star of this match. And Umberto, yeah. yeah, Umberto and Garza, but the Creed brothers are, are next level good, dude. They are so good. They're so good to the point where it's like you wonder if they're gonna get the NXT titles back, and then you kind of go like, nah, just shoot them out to the main main roster at some point because it's just that good. They might need a, a mouthpiece together, but other than that, they got it. But Tony D'Angelo, they played the injury angle where he goes back. Ugh, I I'm not a fan of the family, but I knew they retained because it's not time to get the titles off of them yet. Some people actually like this gimmick. I don't. No. I, I think the Creed brothers are perfect for being the tag team muscle for someone on the main roster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whoever you want to propel to that level. I think Austin Theory was cool with, like, Pretty Deadly. And they found something, I guess, him with Grayson Waller now. Like, all right. But that next person you really want to propel, that'll be them. And, again, if them and Braun Breaker go at the same time, that's a problem. And you, and you have these guys who are just fucking heel faction, look like world-class actual wrestlers. They're strong as shit, tossing people around. Braun Breaker's like, yo, these two remind me of my my dad and my uncle. They're the best tag team since. And, oh, fucking yeah. printing money with that. Lots of so, um, I think that when they do go up, just bring those three up together. Figure it out. Put them together. Put them together in NXT if you have to. If they're not... Just start the heel turn now. Establish them as this fucking monster faction. Um, and I, I think that would be great. And then they can get a mouthpiece, by the way. Because oh, yeah. then with a, a nice little, I don't know, like Jim Cornette style, just fucking yeah. tennis racket, asshole manager, money. Um, Noam Dar defeats Butch. I mean, Pete Dunn was great in this match. Tyler Bate was in his corner. Uh, Noam Dar could always wrestle. It's interesting. Yeah. You said that this stable needs to win, and they did. And mm-hmm. then it looks like we have the next feud for Tyler Bate um, and Pete Dunne. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, they brought Ridge Holland back on NXT. Yeah. And now it's like they're going to be feuding with Gallus. And I like the Heritage Cup idea. You know, the the, the rounds and trying to get your pinfall yeah. as quick as you can. I like it. I think it's a great idea. Um, and I think the Noam Dar, like that stable, it works. Um you know, Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn. Tyler Bate, Rich Holland, like as the brawling brutes, I think like, all right, go ahead and take Tyler Bate to the main roster and just add to the brawling brutes. Yeah. Now. Like that's what it. you're going to do. I'm totally fine with it. This was a good match. Uh, Dragonoff versus Carmelo Hayes. Motherfucker. Like this, look, so, so, so they- Dragonoff's in the case. He's he's making a case, Dre. I, I've been trying to tell you motherfuckers about Dragonoff for a while, just in general, because <laughs> people are like, I don't know if he's that good. And I told you he's the most egregious. And I love Mark Ramondi. I love him. He's my boy. 
But I said it was the most egregious omission from the top 10 in the 25, what was it, 30 under 30, yep. whatever it was. Yep. He, him, he proved it again. Another fucking spectacular match. Like, he is so good. And I told you he had to get the title off of Carmelo because it's his time. It's time. He worked fucking Walter Gunther, had bang, just had match of the year with him. Also, we'll get to Walter in a minute and Gunther and what he's done with the IC title. This match was so fucking good. And there was a goof in my mentions when I talked about NXT retooling. And somebody said, do you see anybody on this main roster, on this roster that could be a main roster star or headline at WrestleMania? And I was like, that's stupid. Because everybody that gets elevated doesn't need a main event WrestleMania. But what these two did in this match, this was this was black and gold era NXT match. Yes. That's what this was. It was fucking violent. Like dragging off, kicking him in the face as soon as the match started. Yeah. <laughs> and they just never stopped. Yeah. They just never. This 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 is also to your point when we talked about the thirty under thirty. This was Carmelo Hayes' best match. Yep, it was his best, and it, this was the match that made people say, "All right, he's he's not just a character. That motherfucker can wrestle." But Dragonov, he's on another level. That dude is incredible. Him and Carmelo Hayes are like the yin and yang for NXT right now. They could keep doing this. They could Gargano and Adam Cole this if they wanted to. They are killing this shit. This was a fantastic match. Go out of your way to watch this match if you haven't. This was great. Agreed. And main event, Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton. It felt right for a main event, but Becky sure. goes over. Tiffany yeah. Stratton's eye is just fucking ridiculous. After yeah. this match. Oh, my God. They beat the hell out of each other. It was a fun match. It was. Stipulation it was, added a lot. It was very yeah. cool. Becky Lynch is, you know, one of the best ever on this roster as much as she's matured over the years as a talent like she's she's become a ring general she's become the og she is she figured out how to make other talent look good and she doesn't have to worry about getting her shit in she made a great character with the man she's done everything right like becky lynch is incredible and i was critical of becky lynch about four years ago about like her in ring wasn't matching the character but now it's like it's all clicking she's she's great stratton i'm still not a complete believer in like, I still think she needs to be carried in spots. And I, I know some people said Stratton carried this match, but Becky called this match. Yeah. she's She'll be fine. Stratton's going to be fine. Um, But this was a good main event. It wasn't like a five-star banger. It, it's it's almost weird that Dragunov and Carmelo didn't headline because they turned in such a great match. But I think this match was so different than the previous match, and I'm fine with it being the main event. It's good. Oh, 100% agree. And then... Becky takes that back to the main roster. She has like a litany of opponents now. She's kind of doing what Danielson is doing in AEW, just in WWE's women division. Yep. She was like, I'm, I'm tired of women not getting on TV. Yep. So uh, she was like, nah, we're we're going to change this shit right now. Uh great. real quick, before we leave, we just got a preview fast lane and the matches. Wait, we gotta do something real quick because you posted this in a text message to me, and I want to make sure I didn't forget it. We're talking about Gunther's run as a mid-card title holder, one of the greatest mid-card title holder runs it's in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and there are, I think, oh, I can't remember, was it corner? I can't remember who posted it. Um, but A list of them, right? Yeah. And yeah. Gunther sits at the top. And I, there's a very good case. He's the greatest mid-card champion of all time. There are two names that weren't on this list that was put out there that I think rival what Gunther's done, maybe three, as a mid-card title holder. One, Rob Van Dam with the ECW television title. 
one of the greatest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. His matches with Jerry Lynn. He made yeah. the TV title the most important title on that show. Nobody even gave a fuck about anything else. <laughs> That's one. Two, Samoa Joe with the X Division title when he was fucking undefeated. Yeah, I mean, but no one knew a big-ass guy like that would hold the X Division title, and it changed the what point. the X Division was. Yeah, That was the point. Like, Samoa Joe came over, he's like, oh, you little flippy shit motherfucker, and just tore everybody up and put that title on the other level. And the third one is also an X Division champion, AJ Styles. AJ okay. Styles, his, those, those are the three names that immediately come to mind. You could think about Razor Ramon with the Intercontinental title as well. Um, you say Bret Hart, but it was like a platform to get him to the main title. Razor Ramon was a great Intercontinental champion. But the, the Gunther He run, made this list. The li- yeah. I found the list of secondary champions where they put Gunther against. Yeah. And I mean, you could even make the case for uh, Kurt Angle with like the, the Eurocontinental champion when he had the IC <laughs> title and the European title. He would like him and his matches with Benoit and Jericho were incredible. But I think Gunther, what he has done, and now you look at the Ciampa feud on Raw, and that match was 25 minutes just beating the fuck out of each other. They gave him 25 minutes on TV. Yeah. Straight. The the one thing I will say is this is a guy that Vince McMahon was hell bent on burying. Yeah. He had him lose the Survivor Series first after being undefeated for two years. He shows up on Survivor Series, he just loses. Then he comes to the main roster, gets a name change, and we were like concerned about the gimmick. Never lost then, again. Never lost again. And Hunter was like, This is my guy. Again. <laughs> he, he's a hundred percent a hunter guy. Yeah. This is this guy's run when I don't know when it ends. I don't know if it ends. I don't know if he just relinquishes the title at some point. Yeah. I've been he's on that about Oscar that. run. He's on that Oscar run right now. Someone he will lose this in a triple threat, and the person will pin the other person. Yeah, Oscar I, just gave it up. Remember, Oscar was like, yeah, remember was everybody was like, Ember Moon should beat her? Yeah, and no. Oscar was like, nah, bitch. I'm, I'm going to win this title. I'm going to hand yeah. this thing over, and I'm going to go up. Guthrie's in that space right now. Yeah, he's, I, he's incredible. He's not going to have, like, the, the Roman run, but he's going he's gonna to push for – they have a chance. They're going to push for, like, five, six years of un, being unpinned. Yeah, the kid. It's like Dragunov was the last one to pin him. Uh yeah, Dragon was the last head. person to pin Gunther. Yeah, yep. that's that was that it. was the last person. So as that we start f- talking about five six star match, <laughs> as we start talking about uh, fast lane, I want to talk about the other thing real quick before we start making these predictions. So the Tuesday night in uh, NXT is going to be uh, uh, Tuesday night is now loaded with WWE talent. John Cena, Cody. So weird to put Cody Rhodes opposite AEW on Tuesday nights to try to pop a rating. The only reason why I bring this up, they got Oscar working on NXT. I hate this. The reason why I hate this is it's so unnecessary. NXT is in a nice little groove right now. And they're they're creating their own identity. To bring in all this talent just to compete with AEW for one night. For one night. A secondary company that you said you weren't paying attention to. And now on their regular Dynamite night, they just call Championship Tuesday. They're just having some matches. You're bringing in fucking John Cena on NXT? You're bringing in Cody Rhodes for a secondary company to pop a rating and beat them for one night because you're going to lose if it happens again. I don't know why they did this. No, it's I I get it. I don't get it. I don't think it fucking really matters. I think the show is good enough to kind of stand on its own, too. Yes. And uh, Dynamite's not been like crushing ratings on their own night. So moving a night's not going to like really threaten you. Um, But I do, I guess, get the thing of like, we're not chasing them on on their night, which we were doing that we actively cared about and tried to beat them but they're coming to our night you probably could stack the card a little bit 
And it's not like they haven't been bringing talent up and down anyway to boost like a, ratings. It's like, it's like a WWE card, though. It's it's different. It is. And it's unique. And people can say it's for um, AEW specifically, which it has it a lot to do with it. It's but all, it, Everything to do with it. There's no oh, other reason why they would bring all this talent. Oh, the past three weeks have very specifically been for a reason before AEW came down and again working in television news for four years i understand when sweeps hits and when you have a television deal coming up they don't give a fuck about your weekly numbers all the time they count sweeps right and it's the end of september through the middle of october and i believe this might be their last tuesday in sweeps so not only that, so now you're thinking, right? In a window, yo, I have four episodes that are going to count on the next television deal for NXT. They've done Becky Lynch coming down on one, popped a big rating. They did, a, well, Becky's been there. They've done Judgment Day coming down on the other one with Dom just now, running it back and winning the title. Cool. So that's another rating. Now on your last one, you're like, yo, four weeks, we got to crush Here's our numbers. We can sell. These are our demos. We're all over a mill. This is the only thing you guys give a fuck about. Now on your last one, AEW's like, I'm running that night. So you're like, yo, we need this number to sell. They're going to take half of our audience. And it's going to hurt our number. Nah, we can't have that. Because these four weeks are the only four weeks we care about. No, we got to count a program. So yes, it's for AEW. But there's also a grand scheme of why they've been funneling talent down because they're selling a product and only sweeps matter. And these guys are threatening your biggest sweeps night. And it's like, yo, I can't let it, I can't let it happen. With the you if you're a company trying to sell some, I don't give a fuck what fans say. I, I can't let you take half of our audience. I can't, I'll send everybody down there. Roman might show up. I can't let you, we're playing for these four weeks and you're fucking up our last of the four. Yeah, two things. You're absolutely right on the sweeps thing. While I agree, one, AEW going to Tuesday was not their choice, right? They, no, they get wasn't. stuck, right? No, they didn't the do it on thing, purpose. Yeah. The other thing is, stop back. I wish the WWE would stop acting like they're not competition because clearly they fucking are. And this is proof that they are your competition because if it was Ring of Honor, or impact or anybody else you wouldn't give a fuck but now because they've come on your night you gotta act like they exist triple h oh you know cody rose didn't want to be the number one guy at a secondary company so he came back to wwe uh no 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 no. you know they're a problem yeah the reason why you you didn't pluck jade because she was working for a secondary company you plucked jade because he's a fucking star mm-hmm. that was in the in the so-called secondary company no, she's competition. Yep. You plucked from the competition because you saw what they had. It's okay. I just wish you'd admit it sometimes and say, yo, I, we see them. We see them. We're, we're not going to just let it go. We blew it. We lost. NXT versus AEW, they beat us. Yeah. It's okay. It's yep. okay. NXT is not your main show. And it's, no, it's 100% because of that. And AEW is not doing it on purpose. No. It's just a very important week. And if you ran a normal ass show, they're going to take half your audience. Yep. All right. Swerve and Danielson is going to get eyeballs. 100%. So you got you got a counter program with something. Uh, we just run through what this match card looks like right now. 
and just give some predictions. We can do more on the recap side of things yeah. at the end of this. Um, Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso for the Whatever. tag team titles. Judgment Day's not losing. No, I kind of need them to just come up with the tag team titles. It has to lead to something, right? I agree. There's, there's other tag teams that could use the belts more than it just being stuck here. So Judgment Day is going to win. Cody and Jay, I don't know how this ends up going. And it's almost time for Cody to up and leave and go to SmackDown. Well, I'm starting to think I, I have an idea of what Cody Rose next few is about to be. Heal Drew McIntyre. Okay. Because if you've been paying attention... Well, Drew's Drew's promos lately have been turning more and more heel. Yeah. He talked about Cody bringing Jay over. Like, he's been very adversarial, and Drew needs a character refresh. And Drew's one of the most protected people on the roster. He never loses. So a match with Cody Rhodes kind of makes sense as heel Drew McIntyre. So maybe he comes in this match and Claymore kicks the fuck out of Cody and kickstarts that feud. Good. I mean, his, his next feud is nothing because it is war games. Yeah, well, so you're not having also, a solo <laughs> like it, it becomes mean, here. It's a solo going match to, award. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I don't, you're right. I don't know I don't if know this ends in like a, a real ending. I see just yeah, a bunch of shenanigans. Be. Kevin Owen comes in, you know, the wrestler Judgment yeah. Day comes in, and they just brawl. And then, you know, William Regal comes out to pop the crowd and says, You know what? I'm tired of you all. War games. You're probably right. And maybe. Maybe Drew McIntyre's on the team with Cody and then turn and on. And then him. you turn on. Yeah. Somebody always turns a war. Somebody always turns. Yeah, yeah. Every time. So yeah. I like that thought. And then uh LWO versus the New Street Profits. The Wall Street Profits. That's what the Wall Street called them with this. Uh, Look, they, they need this Lashley. win. They need this win. The Street Profits lastly need this win. The LWO does not because Signs are pointing towards eventually Santos and Ray splitting up at some yep. point. Maybe not tonight, but they got to take the L here, and there's got to be some dissension in the crew. So, yeah. Walt yeah, Santos got to get away from Ray and really be that heel character they want to be. But you got the rub, and it was cool. They sold merch. But this yep. is, yeah, that the end of that. And then EO Sky versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. Can we get I Charlotte think- the fuck out of this match, bro? Like, why is she in this goddamn match? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I was so offended when this happened that she's sitting on Bailey. And I'm like, man, if this is all like according to plan, I don't even like this promo on Bailey right now. I don't like it. Now Charlotte wins and she's in this match. When all we want to see is your sky and Oscar, we have no interest in Charlotte being in this fucking match. No, just shoehorning her. Yeah, I guess EO retains. She better. If Charlotte wins, I'm ugh, gross. Yes. No, EO should keep going. It's part of her reign. Just give a good yeah. match. Yeah. And it, Charlotte better just be in this motherfucker be a base. For a bunch of flippy, so. crazy shit. Oh, That's it. You you be the muscle and let them jump off of you. Uh, John Cena, at L.A. Knight versus the Bloodline. Um, <laughs> okay, I just don't know. I mean, I thought John Cena and L.A. Knight would be like a feud program going yeah, I, into. I, I don't know what we're doing here. The Bloodline this side like, of the Bloodline is really fucking weird. Yeah, like it's just not. It's not great. Like. I know Jimmy's been like overzealous as like the leader kind of of the bloodline. And Solo's like, bitch, like, why do you keep telling me what to do? I'll do what I want to do. I get it. But without Roman, it's just really hard to get interested in this program. And now like Cena and LA Knight, it's like, well, are we setting up LA Knight in who? Like if we're going immediately LA Knight and Roman Reigns, I don't think that's smart because no. Roman's going to beat him. Right? So I, I don't know what we're doing here. I'm going to say that because Romans do back in November, 
Jimmy's going to take the pin and Roman's going to come back and there's going to be a bloodline story again. So they got to lose. They got to lose because Jimmy's stupid. That's what's got to happen. That I can't see it no other way. No, I I agree. And it's just, it's Cena. Cena's going to win. And maybe this loss is what they use storyline-wise to just piss Roman off and get him to come back. Yeah, that's it. Be like, you guys he, are fucking up. Yeah, and he had a long vacation. It's time. Bring your ass back. It ain't fair that Gunther has his title reign. They talk about the days he's champion. And Roman wrestles like once every six months, it feels like. And his title reign keeps twice since Mania. That's ridiculous. Gunther does it every week. Just breaking records. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't matter. And then Seth Ricky Rollins versus Nakamura, last man standing match. I mean, Dre, how many times are we going to say this? this There's only one outcome. You got to cash in. You have to. Like, you really have to. I just don't know if they will because it's so obvious, right? And okay. I, what I don't want to happen is what I didn't want to happen in the first match. And I feel like it will happen here. Then Nakamura gets pushed to the side after this is all done because he's been yeah. really fucking good. No, but this is what he is at this stage of his career to the company is a guy you can heat up immediately whenever. And if you need someone to like really carry a program for a while, he got you. I would just like he's going to go surfing. He's going to chill. Yo, I earned my paycheck for the next two years. Don't even put me in catering. Don't call yeah. me. I'm going to the beach. I would just like, it's not going to happen, but I would like for Damian Priest to get involved in this match and cash in in the middle of the match, kind of like how Seth did against Roman and Brock, but then Nakamura wins. It just backfires on him completely. Like, that's what I would like to see happen. It's not going to happen because Nakamura doesn't need the title, but I'd like to see Damian Priest jump in. Everybody's beat up. All I got to do is keep him down. Nope. You fucked up. And Nakamura wins. But Seth will probably win this match. And if Priest catch, I just it's not time for Priest to have the title yet. It ain't time. You're you're getting dangerously close to Rumble and Mania. I know. Don't put it on him now. And his reign is going to be four months. Cause I don't see a place unless he's just way better than I think he is, which I don't think so. And he's not as over as other people, right? Like Gunther's coming for that belt sooner or later. I would hope so. Um, LA Knight is going to be in the mix for a title sooner or later. He's so over. I, I don't see Priest being able to go into Mania with that title. No, or if no he way. does, he's losing it. No, he'll be a, he's a transitional even, champion. Yeah, but that's not even a main event feud if he goes into Mania with that belt. So right. it's like one of those things where I I don't know. I don't. I don't see him having a two-month reign. So we're getting to the point of if he wins it, then he's in war games. Then maybe Seth chases him after that. Or I don't know what Seth does in the meantime. I don't Um, know. Him and Drew might battle for like number one contendership because Drew just name dropped Seth and you you let Priest hold that title. And then his first defense is in December. Then he gets a defense at the Rumble and either drops it at the Rumble or goes into Mania and loses it to whoever wins the Rumble. I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm not going to say the, you know. The uh, clock's ticking. Yeah, the let it play out thing. I don't necessarily want to say that, but I really don't have a scenario that makes a ton of sense. So I'm just going to have to trust WWE to make the right decision here because I don't have the right decision. It's it's not the right time for him to win, but he can't, You like you said, you can't wait too much longer because he's going to be a transitional champion. That's what's about to happen. Yeah, it if it's not now, it ain't going to be until after Mania. 
I'll call I mean, that. if it's not if it's not now, it would happen at war games where you like cash in at war games. That's the only other place it can possibly happen. This is all you got left. You got That's two it. months to figure this out. That's yeah. it. Because he ain't getting it after that. Then you got to cash in in like May yep. and just have him hold the briefcase. Because Seth Rollins would probably go in against like Gunther or something I mean. So, yep. yeah, it's they're, it's a great tool, money in the bank, when used correctly. But it's one of the hardest things to book. Because yep. you're giving someone something in June and hoping they're just as red hot in November, December. It's, yep. it's tough. Make, makes them go, damn, we probably should put on LA night. Oh, well. <laughs> the roof would have blown off the plate. Yep. Hey, you live and you learn. So that's our episode for now. We can't wait to come back next week. We'll have UFC to cover and to preview because we'll have a pay-per-view preview, I believe, when we come in next week. Or maybe it's just two cards. But We'll uh, be able to talk UFC. We'll have some boxing because we're going to preview Logan Paul, maybe Dylan Dennis, depending on what the hell they're saying. Uh, KSI, Tommy Fury, all that stuff. That card is going down. Plus, there's like three other boxing cards that weekend. So a lot of boxing to talk about. If there isn't a ton of MMA, because I got to look at the schedule, if we're premature by a week on the pay-per-view, then it might lend to our hip-hop show, which we were asking for because Drake drops an album. And Drake, we've been having one hell of a discussion about J. Cole and where he ranks in terms of the best rappers alive right now. And with Drake dropping his album, we'll see if Drake is still above him. or Well, it's going to give us a lot to talk about. So maybe we do a hip-hop show as well. And then, of course, pro wrestling, recapping another big weekend in pro wrestling. So we appreciate you all. Shout out to everyone at Blue Art Studios. We are home today, but it's all good. Still love to the staff over there. Follow us on social media. Listen to us wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Check out the YouTube. Until next time, for myself and the old man, we're out. Peace.